You're listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. I'm Garrett Ashley Mullet, and I want to talk about everything. Hello, and welcome to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show. This is Garrett Ashley Mullet coming to you again from Greeley, Colorado. Today is June 8th, 2021. It is episode 74 of season 3, 139 of the podcast, more broadly speaking. Today we're going to start a new series, and I don't remember if I've ever had a series of episodes for this podcast, but I know there were a couple of times where I turned an article into a series for On The Rock's blog, and I always enjoyed doing a series I enjoyed not feeling like I've got to stop short if there's a lot more that needs to be said about a topic. And actually, that is where my first book came from. And this is why we homeschool. I wrote that initially as a series of articles at On The Rock's blog. And then I realized at a certain point, the more I keep going, the more I have to say. And there's a lot more I could have said even besides having filled a book with the content. But one of the things I realized as I was finishing up, and this is why we homeschool, is that you really can't just stop at encouraging people to educate their children at home themselves. Do it yourself. DIY children's education. You really can't stop there because it really doesn't start there. You have to unpack an attitude towards children generally in order to convince people, to persuade people that educating their own children should be a value to them. But then also, too, if they're persuaded of that and they have children, you have to have children, you have to have a certain attitude and mindset about children to have children and to keep them and then to even see the value in their education, much less be willing to value it so highly that you educate them at home. But besides that, you also, I would say, need to have a support system in the home, you really, really, really should have an intact marriage. You really should have a husband and a wife who love one another, who embrace what God's Word says about gender and about headship and about roles in the family. You really should have a home in which the husband goes to work and provides so that the wife can stay home and instruct and keep the home. At least while the children are still growing up before they become adults and they can go out on their own and be self-sufficient. But in order to get that, in order to have that dynamic whereby a family could homeschool their children at home, they're going to have children that they can take care of in that way, there has to be a value seen in marriage. And so as I finished up, and this is why we homeschool, I planned to continue on and I want to unpack these other related subjects. So for instance, I want to, God willing, write a book on why we have children. Why are Lauren and I expecting our eighth children? Child, you know what I mean? Speaking of education. Why is it that we're expecting our eighth child? Why is it that we're willing, we're so nonchalant about it? 
oh, we're pregnant again. All we're worried about, we're not worried about having an eighth child. We're not worried about another mouth to feed. God will provide. I'm going to keep working hard. We're going to keep trying to be smart in the way that we conserve and use and utilize our resources. We're going to trust the good Lord. But why do we have eight children? Why is that not accidental? Why is that not just, oops, you know, it happened again. Oops, I did it again, Britney Spears style. Uh, You know, why is it that we have eight children? Well, it's because we have a certain mindset. We have a certain attitude. It's not for no reason. It's not accidentally. It's not because we just don't know how that happens. You know, it's, it's for a purpose, on purpose, and by design that we have a large family. By God's grace, right? We could design to have 20 children, but if the good Lord didn't bless us with a certain amount of fertility and wherewithal, we wouldn't have any children. That's fine, right? That's, if that were the case, that would be fine as well. But why did we get married to begin with? And when we first got married, we had a lot of criticism. We had a lot of pushback. And I took a lot of flack for wanting to marry this dear, sweet girl that First Baptist Church in Hillsboro, Ohio, had seen grow up. They had raised her or seen her be raised. And she was the one that goes around the church and gives everyone hugs on a Sunday morning. And she's so sweet and quiet. And... Then there's this guy, you know, this guy, Garrett, is just going to come in and ruin it. He's going to wreck it. You know, what in the world are you doing to our dear, sweet Lauren that you're going to ruin her life? She wants to go to college and become a nurse, and you're interrupting that plan. We want to see her become a nurse because you might not work out. You might turn out to be a worthless guy. You might turn out to be completely unreliable. You might not stick around. And if she doesn't finish her bachelor's degree and get a nursing degree and go off and start working as a nurse, then she's going to have to depend on you. You know, God forbid. Long story short, I was able to persuade my wife going on 15 years now of marriage. I was able to persuade her that I was reliable that this was a good idea, and she's glad that I did, if that says anything. And I'm glad that she was persuaded, and I'm glad that we have almost 15 years of marriage under our belts. I'm glad that we have these seven children and an eighth on the way, unless it's twins. But why did we get married to begin with? Before we could get to the point where we're homeschooling our seven children, or we have seven children with an eighth on the way, we had to get married. I suppose you wouldn't have to get married in this day and age. Plenty of young people don't. And that is one of the things I want to talk about in my book. And I I think I'm going to use this series of podcast episodes to dive in to the subject, to try and flesh it out. Writing articles for the blog on why we homeschool, that was very helpful in putting together the core of my book, and this is why we homeschool. And I want to put together the core of my book, and this is why we got married using this podcast. I want to talk through it and think through it and flesh out these concepts. And I want to understand why did we and why should others? I have six sons. I have six sons, Josiah, Eli, Solomon, 
Daniel, Enoch, and John. And for all we know, this eighth child on the way is another son, in which case we like the name Andrew so far. We might change our minds, but for right now we like the name Andrew. And so we have at least six sons, Lauren and I do. And how do I explain to them why marriage should be a value? And how do I frame the way that marriage should be a value for them? How do I unpack this biblically? How do I unpack this philosophically? How do I prepare them emotionally, mentally? How do I give them the tools that they need to have a successful marriage? Not just to get married, but to have a successful marriage, have a happy, fruitful, and multiplying marriage, which goes to the end of filling the earth and subduing it. I don't know about you, but me personally, when I read, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, I am kindled. That kindles my imagination. Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. It's not just talking about making babies. It is talking about that, but it's not just talking about that. It's talking about a comprehensive approach to life. And when you read in the book of Jeremiah, where God says to those who are in exile, who've been led away into Babylon in exile as part of God's judgment on the children of Israel for having rebelled, for having gone whoring after other gods, the gods of the nations around them. He says, basically, to be fruitful and multiply in the land that they've been brought to in their exile. Build houses and fill them with good things and take wives and have children by your wives and raise your children. And then when your children are of an age, give your children in marriage so that they can, in turn, build houses and fill them with good things and have children after them and increase and do not diminish there. Multiply and do not diminish there in the land of your captivity. I think that's fantastic. I think it's fantastic when God says through the prophet Jeremiah to seek the welfare of the city to which the Lord your God has brought you in your exile, to pray for it, pray for the peace of the city. I think that's fantastic. I think it's beautiful. I think it's compelling. I think it's difficult and hard and trying, but all the best things in life to do are. So that's not a reason to not do it. That's a reason to endeavor to do it well and to be mindful and to pay attention and to work hard at it, in my view. I was talking with my boys here recently. They've had a string of dust-ups and debates with some kids that they know in Ohio and back in Montana and not so much here in Colorado. It seems like everybody here in Colorado, for the most part, has been pretty easygoing. But we've had some dust-ups on the server about gender. And there's a certain young girl and her cousin that my boys know from Ohio. And this one little girl, she is, I believe, 11 years old. But 
she describes herself as asexual. She's 11 years old, and she describes herself as asexual. On that note, buy my book, and this is why we homeschool, available at Amazon.com in paperback and e-reader. I'll bet you she attends public school. I'll bet you. bet you anything. Feel free to bet against me. I stand to make a lot of money. But this 11-year-old girl thinks that she is asexual. And when my boys scrunch up their noses and ask, what in the world do you mean? Like, what are you talking about? What follows is an extended advocacy for the LGBTQ movement. And then my boys, being raised as they are, such as they are, have pushed back and said, well, that's wrong, right? That's not correct. That's not what God says is good. In fact, God says to not do those things and to not act that way. He says to do this instead. And so it's it's wrong what you're describing. And we shouldn't be proud of that. We shouldn't ally ourselves with that. We shouldn't support it. We shouldn't affirm it. It's not good. And so then proceeded a accusation of homophobia, of course. Are you shocked? Homophobia and sexism. And then, ironically, proceeded this extended back and forth in which the asexual girl said that all boys are stupid. All boys are stupid. And then, by fact, by virtue of my boys disagreeing with her, challenging her, and her not having a very good argument, it seems like, to come back to them with, she said that they, in particular, specifically, were stupid. And she was feeling like her point had been proven by the way that they were carrying on on this subject. So my boys are coming to me and they're reporting this all and asking me questions, even as they're trying to make sense of what she's talking about. Like, what is she talking about? Asexual. Like, what does that even mean? I'm behind the scenes, not on this Discord server, not directly engaged, but I'm hearing about it and then I'm chiming in for their benefit to say, well, okay, but what about this, 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 and this, right? Like, here's what God's word says about gender and about sexuality and about marriage and about God's design. And here's what she just said in layman's terms. She said it, and that's a very common phrase and that's a talking point, but it doesn't make sense. And you can ask this question as a way of challenging her to defend her position. She's She's just repeating what she's heard. She doesn't actually know these things, but she thinks they make sense because everybody that's an authority in her life is telling her these things repeatedly over and over again. So one of the things that this young asexual girl said to explain why it is that she's asexual is that men will abandon you. They will leave you. They will pack their bags when you're attached to them, when you need them most, and they will just walk out of your life. And so there's no point in getting attached to one because they're just going to let you down. And all the while, you know, I'm hearing this from my sons and I'm thinking, little girl, somebody told you that. You didn't figure that out on your own. Somebody's telling you these things. Is it your mother? Is it man-hating man teachers in your life. I mean, 
Where, where are you hearing this? Are you watching this on TV? Are you being raised by the television and the television is telling you these things? It's sad. It's tragic. I don't at all, even in the least little bit, mean to make fun of this girl. I actually am profoundly brokenhearted that she doesn't have a better concept of men and family than she apparently does. I think that's awful. I think that's tragic. And it motivates me all the more to want to teach my children so that they understand why is the truth the truth and why is what's good good. And why does God say thou shalt not sometimes? And why does God promise blessings when we do X, Y, and Z? Why does he give us this as an option? And why should we want that, perhaps? Why should we embrace that? And how should we? I want my boys to be equipped. I want my daughter to be equipped to be able to embrace the blessing of marriage. Because marriage, I'm going to shock you, marriage is a blessing. We have a lot of people going around insisting that it's not. And when my wife and I were not yet married, and we were looking at getting married, it was so hard for me to... I didn't even get it firsthand, right? Because apparently the man is always the problem. That's what feminism is teaching everyone these days. But the man is always the problem. The male... The male of the species is the problem. So people are not coming to me and appealing to me and trying to talk to me. They're all talking to Lauren, which is very hurtful, by the way. They're trying to save her from me. Ouch. Wow. Mm. Okay, then. Love you, too. But the thing that was being communicated in not so many words was that as soon as you marry Lauren... Your life is over. This fun part of your life that you're having right now, it's over. You shouldn't get married just yet. You should have fun. Have fun. You're at college. There's plenty of young guys, plenty of fish in the sea. Date around. Shop around. You can do better. Again, ouch. But also, what? Right? Like coming from a bunch of people who have been married for 20, 30 years, you guys are clearly not happy in your marriage. Maybe you don't know how to give good advice here because you clearly are not content and happy in your own marriage. What you're communicating and messaging here is that you didn't figure it out. And so you're not a good guide on how to have a successful marriage because you don't know. You clearly don't know how to have a successful marriage. You clearly don't have a good attitude towards marriage. But never mind that. You're going to presume to tell us that we shouldn't want this good thing that God has provided and created and instituted. And we wonder why little 11-year-old girls are asexual, why they wax eloquent about men and boys being unreliable. That's the attitude. It's toxic. It's man-hating. It is sexist. It's bad. It's bad. It, it's discontentedness not only with men, when women act like that, or when the roles are reversed and when it's men who are saying all the same kinds of things about women. Women are stupid. Women are awful. They're untrustworthy. They're unreliable. They're treacherous. When we broad brush like that about a whole gender as if they are inherently defective, 
by nature. Not that we are inherently defective, but they are. We are echoing Adam, our first great, 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 great grandfather, when he's confronted in the garden for eating the fruit, the forbidden fruit, and he responds to God, this woman that you made me, this woman that you made me, gave me the fruit, and I ate it. So, bing, bing, this is Eve's fault, and actually, God, this is your fault. It's kind of your fault, too. It's not really entirely my fault. It's kind of all our faults, right? Ooh, wow. Not a great look there, Adam. Not a great look. Is it accurate that God made Eve? Yes. Does that make it God's fault? Ah, no. Nope. Nope. Lots of nope. But plenty of men and plenty of women do that. And that's not a gender problem. That's a human problem. That's a human nature problem. That's a wicked human heart who loves darkness because its deeds are dark sort of problem. So I'm going to blame all the world's problems on this other gender, and I'm not where I'm at. I'm not where I want to be at. I'm not where I could be at because women, because men. Men are all the trouble in the world. Women are the source of all the problems in the world. That's an accusation against God. In my opinion, I can't hear it any other way. That's another way of saying God made a defective product. And it's self-serving, right? It's self-serving because rarely does the male bashing or women bashing session conclude with, but I can do that too, right? I can be that way sometimes as well. It rarely ends that way. It would be a mistake in the micro, let's distinguish here between the micro and the macro. It would be a mistake to say, on the one hand, you have an individual man and an individual woman and the woman is always at fault or the man is always at fault. That's not healthy, okay? If you have that dynamic, that's an abusive scenario. That's a toxic, dysfunctional scenario. If the man is always right just because he's a man, the woman is always right just because she's a woman, that's not a healthy dynamic. That's not a healthy perspective on gender. That's not good. That's not okay. And right now, to be honest with you, we live in a culture that are, is telling young girls and young women that all they have to do is show up and they're immediately ahead of the boys. They're immediately better than the boys just for showing up. You're so brave. You're so strong. And the boys can do no right. And the men can do no right. That's not healthy. That's not correct. That's not biblical. That's not the way that God intended it. That's not good. And the men who are saying, as I was talking here a couple episodes ago, Feminism and the Men's Rights Movement, episode 136, 71 of season three, June 5th. As I was saying in that episode, the MGTOW movement, men going their own way, looks at that dynamic and says, it would be better, given the circumstances, if this is the way that the game is set up, to not even play. I'm not even going to play this game. I'm going to learn guitar. I'm going to work out. I'm going to read books, I'm going to write, I'm going to record podcasts, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to travel, I'm going to take up photography, I'm going to whatever, fill in the blank. I'm going to do those things and hang out and be a dude and be a guy. 
because that's better than getting sucked into this no-win game that's rigged. So I get asked the question here recently, why should men bother getting married to begin with? Why? Why bother? Why isn't it more trouble than it's worth? And I'll say too, just to be clear, as a married man who's going on 15 years of marriage, there's a part of me that rises up and, and kind of puffs up and whatever gets riled at the question as if I'm silly. I'm the foolish, naive one for being married. You know, the implication is if marriage is inherently defective in these circumstances and these and this condition in this society that we live in, then anybody who is married, who does get married is a bit of an idiot, is a bit of a fool, right? You're kind of settling. You're kind of getting taken advantage of. And I reject that. I reject that. And I'm not saying that the person who asked me the question was meaning that by the question. I think they're thinking of their circumstance and the circumstance of other people who do not have such good marriages. But that's just it, right? Why do the people that you know have not great marriages? Is it because marriage is inherently defective? Or is it because we have a broken approach to marriage. And I don't mean that the way to fix a broken approach to marriage is for the man to just accept that he's always wrong, right? If he gets in a disagreement with his wife, he sleeps on the couch, right? He's the one who's always in trouble. She's always right. We don't embrace, if we're trying to fix this, this broken thing, this broken dynamic between men and women in our society, if we're trying to make it more God-honoring and more wise and more healthy and more functional. We cannot embrace the 90s sitcom, early 2000s sitcom model. It's been a long time since I watched a sitcom, so I'm not saying 2010s or 2020s because I just don't know anymore. But the 90s and early 2000s sitcom model, wherein Homer Simpson and love home improvement as I do, (laughs) Tim Taylor and home improvement, where the dad and the husband is always wrong and always messing stuff up and the wife and the mother always has all the answers and is ultra competent and wise and responsible and level-headed. We cannot embrace that because that is toxic. Feminists want to talk about toxic masculinity. How about toxic femininity? Or let's just say toxic attitudes towards masculinity and femininity. How about, let's just say that broadly speaking, instead of being sexist about it and saying that only men can be toxic. Women can be very toxic too, believe me. Men can be toxic, but so can women. It's a people problem. It's not a male-female problem. It manifests itself differently in men than it does in women. But if we turn a blind eye to it when it's women doing it and we're hypercritical and destructive and we want to destroy any man who makes a mistake or has a bad attitude, then we are not on the side of the angels. I'm sorry. That is not being transformed by the renewing of our mind. That is conforming to the pattern of this world. I'm not a dupe for being married. I didn't mess up. I didn't make a mistake just because my wife is feeling nauseous here lately and she's tired 
it's not my mistake that my family, my wife and my children require a lot of me. It's not a mistake on my part that I've put myself in a position where I have to be reliable and dependable so much of the time. It's not a mistake. I am concerned for the health and happiness and honor of a generation of men who doesn't want to risk being hurt. I'm concerned about the health, happiness, and honor of a generation of men that doesn't want to be relied on, that doesn't want to get their hands dirty, doesn't want to roll up their sleeves, that doesn't want to take a risk reforming society's attitude towards gender and marriage and family. I'm concerned, and I don't say that to be rude. I don't say that to be offensive, to be insulting. I say that in all honesty and all candor because I think that when we pull back from these battle lines that have been drawn as men, we give the enemy what they want. There is not going to be a solution to this problem, this problem of the toxic femininity and feminism that's anti-male, that loves to bash on men and make them into emasculated eunuchs. We're not going to solve that problem through men retreating from the situation to go and embrace their hobbies and live as hermits in the mountains. We're not going to win that way. Sorry, we're just not. We're just flat not. And I think it's a fight worth having. It's a hell worth dying on, frankly. If I get used up in trying to fight this fight, then that's a good death. Let me go down swinging. If I get used up and I succeed, then how sweet will be the success for all the hardship and all the challenge and all of the difficulty. And if I get used up, and I don't see success in my lifetime. I'm not sitting on a rocking chair in my old age, smiling calmly at the fruits of my labors. I just have to trust that the good Lord sees. That's the kind of giving, the kind of praying, the kind of good life that Jesus teaches that we're supposed to have. He says, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees, you shall in no ways enter the kingdom of heaven. Don't give like the Pharisees do. Don't pray like the Pharisees do. And when he outlines the way that they give and they pray, he says that they do it before men to be seen by men. You know what a real big test of whether your good works are motivated by selfish interest, trying to curry favor with people who see you doing the good thing, praying the right thing, saying the right thing. Do you know what the test is? Whether you're still willing to do, say, pray what you ought to when it's going to cost you, when it's going to be a risk to your life and limb. So in my circumstance, I'm uncomfortable when there's not risk. When I'm not risking anything, if I'm not having to live by faith, I'm uncomfortable because I think there's a far greater hazard. I, I risk far, far more in terms of my soul my eternity, playing it safe, burying my talents in a field. I risk far more. So this is just an introduction to why we got married, and this is why we got married. I'm only getting started, but I'd like to make this into a series, and I want to talk about the reasons why marriage should be a value. The divorce rate's going down. 
But do you know why that is? It's because young people of this generation just aren't getting married to begin with. We're headed for trouble. We're in trouble already, actually, but we're headed deeper into trouble. We've got to get our ideas straight here. We've got to get our minds right. So stay tuned. Pay attention. We'll be back with more before you know it. But for right now, thank you for listening. Until next time, God bless. You've been listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. For more content like what you just heard, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Also check out thegarrettashleymulletshow.com to subscribe to email alerts when new episodes are published. As always, you can reach me with any comments, questions, complaints, objections, or insights at garrettashleymullet at protonmail.com. Thank you.